Hello everyone, welcome to your sister-in-law podcast, a show where we discuss everything about the law, life and innovation. Workers' Day is celebrated on the 1st of May, and I thought to myself, what better way to celebrate it than having two law graduates over so we can chat about internships, life after studying, and the future of law. So yeah, I'm happy to have you guys over, and welcome to the podcast. You are my second guest, Um, and I sort of kind of know you guys, you know, but... uh, (laughs) We'll just keep it as Anonymous 1 and Anonymous 2. Yeah, that's fine. So, you've both been attached at a law firm, right? During your studying years. Yes. Um, I would also like to know, like, from a professional perspective, how was, how was it? How was the journey for you guys? Well, um, I think from a professional perspective, it was mm-hmm. quite eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different feel as compared to, you know, in class. When you're in the class, you're just reading notes mm-hmm. and you are just studying for the exam but okay. here now you're getting the real feel you're putting mm-hmm. your feet in the ground right. so it was an eye-opener it was really good uh, okay. i must say you know when you get there from the beginning you get a real feel of what exactly you're doing the okay. practical side of it it's actually thrilling i guess All right, I must okay. say. yes and then must too <laughs> well from my perspective i think it was actually quite informative and like he said like he said mm. Uh, it's quite interesting and it's different from being in the class because now you're getting to the practical side. In class, you're just learning, okay, a contract is this, you get the definition. But when you're in the field, you're actually drafting the contract. So it's quite, it makes you feel involved and it really makes you feel like a lawyer. Okay. Uh, what else? What else did you ask? <laughs> uh, okay, would, would you go back to where you were working now that you're done? If so... Why? And if not, why not? Would I go back? I don't know. I think I would. It was actually quite informative. Like They had a lot of clients, so you'd have to deal with a wide range of cases. So if you're really into the slow field and you're very involved, you Mm. would enjoy it. I think I would go back. Why wouldn't I go back? The money, maybe? But an attachment, okay. we don't really expect that much money anyway. Oh, yes. So, oh, yes. yeah, I think I would go back, despite the money. The money. Yeah, All right, okay. Back. I guess we'll get into the money just now. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, Anonymous One, would you go back? Uh, yeah, sure. Of course, there was, there was good food <laughs> wow. during, during lunch break and, yeah. and for tea as well. But anyway, on a more professional perspective, yes, mm-hmm. I would. Okay. Because... I was working with the partner, one okay. of the senior partners there. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave me a grooming. He would give me technical points. And mm. it was it was a very nice working relationship. He was okay. very good with what he did. Mm-hmm. He was very patient with mm. me. Um, but if I... For the reason not to go back, there was a lack of professionalism from other colleagues, um, okay. such as personal assistants. All right, okay. Sometimes they will load their work to you, things such as those that would really, sometimes it would be frustrating because, okay. you know, it's not within the scope of your work. Mm. Um, but on an overall perspective, I would go back to where I was. And I guess also because it, it's the interns in the, in the house, so interns just get 
or are supposed to get anything and everything. Exactly. And the admin now, they feel like they forget that guys, I'm I'm about to be a lawyer. Okay. Not <laughs> like it's 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 that big, but you know, at least treat me with some respect. But for me, my intern experience, um it was traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, it wasn't traumatic, but you know, because I think because I was getting into a law firm, uh, what can I say? Okay, my father's law firm, right? So when I got there, I think people, they already have this perception that the boss's daughter is here. So she's going to come. Maybe she'll take over our jobs. Or maybe she will try and show us that she's the boss's daughter and all that. But for me, it wasn't like that. We weren't raised like that. So I went in there very humble, you know, uh, just trying to fit in with everyone, just trying to learn. But there was a routine that uh, used to happen. So every two weeks, each and every law, uh, every each and every, um, what you call it, intern that would come in had to do the clerical work. Mm-hmm. So you had to go to the to the high court, match court, just like the click and everything and serve letters and all exactly. that. So everyone is just supposed to do that for like two weeks max. And then you get into the office. Now you're dealing with the paperwork. But for me, guys, I did it for like four months. <laughs> four months, you know? And I was just like, guys, my shoes. <laughs> the shoes for me. And my, because there was a lot of working, uh, walking, yes. right? And also because at that time, the clerk who was there, she was energetic, you know? Oh she was goodness. energetic. And uh, I think it's just in her nature. She's just someone who appreciates her work. So if she wanted to get something done, would be out by the office at like half seven, oh right? Uh, we're already walking, going to the... So that by eight... We are by the court, whether we are at match court or high court, we are already doing this and then she'll give you, do this, do that, let's meet here back by the door at 2, 10 and then we're going to save letters and so by the time you get to the office, you are already frustrated. So and I did that for like four months. Wow. So I, I don't know whether it was that because I am the boss's daughter so I have to go through pain and suffering or what I... but I really felt like it, it, was, it, was, it was traumatic and I really didn't enjoy that part to be honest but to say i learned i really did learn a lot uh which was fine it's just that part where i felt like that was really unfair and i mean you can't really go back to your dad and say ah i'm not really liking what's happening you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because then it would seem like you are snitching or you are (laughs) being a baby and things like that you know but yeah i guess i mean we are here now so i got over it so yeah i think (sighs) That was just the, the, the part where what I didn't like about um, my internship. But actually, it happens. Well, at the law firm I was, um, most of the, the, the lawyer, the, 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 the partner, the, the managing partner is my mm. father's friend. Okay. So I used to get a lot of my father's friends also come there for business mm-hmm. and they would, you know, they would greet me. So these people had the feeling that I'm here by privilege, mm. I guess. Yet I'm, I'm only a student. Right? And I'm, I'm qualified. I know what I'm doing. So I also did the part of the clerical work. But okay. uh, the down part was when I was working with the PA at the reception. Okay. She made okay. me basically do everything. She would sit and she would visit other offices. You know, she was just, she was around the area, but never there. Okay. Just expecting me to do the donkey work, mm. actually. And from a perspective that we were two, they took in two interns whilst I was at the reception for four weeks. Okay. He was already at the accounts office. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yes. They said okay. we're going to have a, 
a, a different schedule. So the thing is that we we went on internship during COVID, so the time mm. was not as much. So we had limited weeks to do our attachment. Okay. And then we had different duty rosters, but I could see that I was doing more of the donkey work, mm. whilst this other guy was actually you know, doing accounts. He went to court. You he was see? handling cases, and I was just there. Okay, I was at the reception. Fair and fine. Okay. The clerical work, fair and fine. Mm. I only had two weeks working with the partner, which was the best part of it. Okay. But also there was a feeling, you know, when people would even address you sometimes, they would address you in a sense that they want to show or to humble you. Mm. Yet, in, as a matter of fact, I'm here to learn. You know? I didn't say I know anything. And that was almost, I just had almost the same experience, actually. Right? Because at some, at some point, I actually wish, like, okay, I wish I was working somewhere else, mm -hmm. you know, where my name is not on the door. So that everyone, we just, we're just equal. So we just get the same treatment. We won't get... So, low-key, that's why I sort of left private practice, to be honest. <laughs> because, it, it, okay. That's let's, understandable. You know, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Exactly. So I did a survey, right? And I asked interns... Um, around my networks, attachees and associates, basically about uh, what they would want to be done better. And the majority mentioned the money issue, you know. So, I mean, what do you think in your opinion should be done when it uh, comes to the money? I'm not sure if it's because there's no money out there already for the law firms or, I don't know, whoever to pay you. But what do you really think in your opinion should be done? Whether you are an attachee, for example, or whether you are done now that you are done, right? You're a full law graduate, uh, about to be registered or even registered, but you're probably still an intern, right? What do you really feel should be done? Uh, well, for starters, I think there should be like a benchmark, you know, like for interns, mm -hmm. if you want to hire an intern, maybe the minimum amount that you can pay them, for example, let's say 150. Okay. So that means when you already know when you're hiring your five interns mm -hmm. that you're going to be paying those people 150. But if you decide, no, I can't afford 150 times five, then you hire your one intern who you're going to pay the 150 and they progress according to that amount. Mm -hmm. Because now the problem is they're hiring all 10 of us, mm -hmm. right? Because they want a wide range of free labor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is it free or is it cheap? Cheap labor. But anyway, free, I'm exaggerating, mm -hmm. but like cheap labor. Then they pay five of you $50, you know, but I have to factor in transport. I have to factor in lunch. You know, I have to dress up to come to work. If I'm a female, I have to fix my hair. Mm -hmm. I have to look presentable because we're going to go to court together. I you don't see. want to go there looking like, I don't know, you know, it's your image as well. Wearing pumps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so I think there should be a benchmark in how much interns are paid. We're not expecting too much because I don't have experience already. I'm coming from university mm -hmm. and I'm expecting to learn. So I don't expect you to be paying me, I don't know how much. I don't know, should we be saying figures? <laughs> just say, just say, you know. I don't expect you to be paying me $600 there. Like, uh, what do I have that is worth $600? All right, you know? okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but I, it should be reasonable, you know. Because like, I think from a female perspective, like you said, mm -hmm. there's certain things that you actually need to do. Mm -hmm. So... And it also depends. I find it also depends with where you are at in life and maybe your upbringing. So some parents, when they take you through university and when you're done and when you're now a lawyer, they're like, whoo, we've done our part. Mm. You know, you are now a lawyer. So they're expecting something from you, right? That's one. 
Um, some other parents are just like, I oh, know you're still the baby of the house and whatever. You can do whatever you want to do. Do you want to work? No, mom. You see? So even if you get that $100, it's something that you can just get easily even. So just getting the extra 100 from the law firm is like supplementary. But for others, it's actually real money that they need. So... Guys, if you pay someone eighty dollars, now <laughs> let, let's talk about that. Huh? I feel attacked. You know, <laughs> if you pay someone eighty dollars, like, do you really expect them to come to work and perform? Like, what mm. is it? It's also about the motivation. Yes, I've just graduated, but I also do understand that I'm a whole lawyer, right? You if know. they even call out lawyers, can you stand here? I'll go and stand because I've finished the degree. I don't have experience, but at least motivate me enough to, you know, uh, come to work and, and just be presentable. That's one. And enjoy what I'm actually doing. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't know. Anonymous one. What do you think? I think, as she said, there should be a benchmark. Um, there is a law society which basically regulates everything to do with lawyers and everything, but just not interns. You know what they really require from interns is the money for registration, not to call you know out, but that's the truth. Amen. It's not let's, an let's call it out. Let's yeah, call it's not, it's not an it. attack. It's not an attack. <laughs> but I honestly feel as if what the law society expects of us is the registration money. But okay. the, the follow up. They're not mm. as many lawyers. We can't say there are two thousand lawyers graduating and, and the whole nation. Okay. But they want to manage let's say the three hundred lawyers that graduate from all the law schools in Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. They want to regulate their registration. Mm -hmm. But their welfare they don't. They only come in when they're senior partners to regulate their membership fees. I can't pay for a membership fee when I'm getting $80. You know? It's really impractical. Right? What, what am I subscribing to and mm -hmm. for what am I getting from that? Mm -hmm. There's nothing. So they have to make sure, they have to regulate, I think. That's Is there NEC? Because I know there's NEC for like other industries. Yes. But there's no NEC, I think, for... For lawyers i don't think so we haven't seen one I, if it's I, there, I, then i'm probably... not an expert in labor but i don't think it's there because ish, the lawyers are suffering shame exactly <laughs> it's hard yes, and it's like funny. you said i mean ish, guys especially for guys so well at a particular point i i had friends right so when i was when i was done with with school and whatever unfortunately unfortunately or fortunately because some of us we did our schooling outside of Zimbabwe. Mm. When you come back to Zim, you still need to go through the conversion process. And that alone requires money. So if you are getting $80 and the exam costs $100, oh my for example, how at, at what point will you be able to afford that? No. You know, at what point will you be able then to write out your conversion, six of them, pass them, and then actually be registered? So it's quite depressing. You know, let's we'll then end up talking about mental health here. But <laughs> it's quite depressing because you can be done. You're done now. Okay, you studied at VITS. You're done. You come back. You want to write conversions. You want to write six exams. All of them costing $100, for example. And then you're like, okay, at what point will I then be able to actually get money to pay for these and still survive? Exactly. You know? So I think there really needs to be a benchmark, like you said. Minimum for a law graduate, $300. To be honest, in as much as rather just have one intern, right? Who you know, okay, fine, we can we can we can be able to to pay so that that person, even if they leave the office at ten, but at least you know you're working for it, you know. Um, if you can't really then afford maybe the three hundred, at least one fifty to two hundred, you know, or even RTGS equivalent or something, to just make sure that someone is also um, able to survive because. 
honestly if it's all about money and okay let's say you were getting 150 let's say you were getting 150 when you um graduated or when you're a law intern or whatever it is when you then get registered you maybe get your pc will they shoot to 900 <laughs> definitely not you see so they'll probably shoot to like a 300 and then here you are you're probably married now or let's say for the girls you're probably married and then now you need to cater to the house but if you're a guy you're gonna push another four or five years before you even think about bringing someone else into your life because you're like eh, i get 150 how will i even manage you see so i really think when it comes to the money issue we should really get into it and and try and speak around having like a benchmark around what because inter interns are suffering to be they honest right mm. so mm. also to add on to that so we're saying there should be a regulation but there's an issue where you brought up that there's no money outside i don't think that's necessarily the case okay at mm. some point i feel as if people are trying in as much as times are tough mm -hmm. people are trying to be greedy as well True. there is right? a certain sense that you do research you do all these things for the lawyer or the associate, the partner, whoever, right? Mm -hmm. They go to court, they get paid. You do the billing. When you do the billing, you mark the units and mm -hmm. you see that this person is getting paid such such an amount. Mm -hmm. For an instance, I did a case, okay, it was over six months, okay. but they made well over thousands of dollars, but I was getting paid $50 a month. Ish. Which is quite <laughs> impractical. Which is quite impractical. And that's and depressing. You mark maybe four units of research, but mm -hmm. these guys are not doing the research. No, they aren't. You. you are doing the research. This mm -hmm. is amino units, and let's say a unit is hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. You're getting six hundred, eight hundred to a thousand dollars worth of your work. You're doing on one case out of the thirty-five cases you'd be working on as an intern, but you're getting fifty dollars. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to say that times are tough, which is quite inconsiderate because also factoring in that we have a very small CBD. And people are coming from the rural areas. Mm -hmm. There are people on scholarships. These are things we had to see in college. Mm. There were people who own scholarships and they come. They have now completed their studies mm -hmm. with flying colors. They have earned their place in the society of the legal field. Yes. They are hardworking. They know where they're coming from, but they don't get the remuneration. Right. After that, they come back. They say, you need to meet targets. But how am I going to get a client when I don't have shoes? You know how am I gonna be an esteemed lawyer? Was it's called an esteemed profession? Yes, yes. Rapport. So what <laughs> yes. exactly what exactly are we doing here? That's that's gonna make me esteemed enough to go outside there and say, guys, mm -hmm. let's sit on the table. I'm your lawyer to represent you mm -hmm. when I can't even afford deodorant. You know. I can't even afford to send back money. I can't pay rent because I'm coming from Blewell or from wherever. Let's say I'm saying in Wange, but mm. here in the capital is where things are so mm. exactly it doesn't really make sense i can't say times are tough but people are greedy as well right because yeah. uh, me and my friends were always saying you know what is it really a noble profession in the pocket <laughs> or it's just the title thing to be it's honest because like you said these are different scenarios because when there was a time like i said like you come from different backgrounds you know so some parents are like guys we sent you to school you're done now take care of us you know at least pay for your siblings or something um so now if you then give that person when will they be able to even buy a bed when will they be able to move out? When will they be able to, you know, just afford the simple things in life? Right. Like, and yet the targets thing, right? If you then tell us, uh, go and look for your own clients. 
And then when you bring your own clients, uh, that's when we'll start talking. We need the tar- your target is 1,000 or your target is 5,000. And you're like, okay, where? <laughs> where, where am I? Because also, I think this whole clientele thing works, especially, it, it, I think it's generational. So maybe the clients that my dad used to get, mm-hmm. just go back to him, mm-hmm. you know. If he then decides to refer them back to me, then that's fine. But when I look at my age, right, I'm trying to think, who are the bingas? my age? Not many of them, right? Um, and if so, they maybe might not come to me. They might come to me, but they are crying. Exactly. That's one. Mm-hmm. Then there's maybe your 40s, right? Your 10, 15 years experience in the legal profession, their age mates, they probably made it. They now, they now want to buy houses. Mm. They now want to do this. So then they will give them the work. So it's easier for those people to get work and to meet their targets. Not like you, you're coming from law school and you're suffering. You can't even buy a roll-on. And you can't even take a simple client out to lunch. Exactly. You know, where you can convince them that, okay, let's do this. No, I can do this and whatever. Just Nando's even, you know. So you can't even do that. So I really think it's tough. It's really hard for us out here. I don't know. What, what are your... Closing thoughts. I think people just on this to, topic. They have to be considerate. That's yes, all. Yes, definitely. And the law society has to do its work. Right. It has to take care of its people. Uh, Maybe just sense. a bit of research, just to see what is the welfare mm-hmm. of our lawyers. Right. Exactly. Let's start from the law graduates themselves. Um, just to, I, I, and also just starting the conversation, not necessarily saying do this or do that, but starting the conversation where we are like, let's consider the mental health of these people because, like I always say, there's a whole lot of graduates. There's graduates from the UK, from South Africa, from the universities within Zimbabwe and all that, but there's not many jobs out there. That's one. So it seems like if you then get an opportunity, people are like, you should be grateful that you have this opportunity. So the little that we're giving you Mm. should be enough because you are different from someone who's sitting at home. And then maybe you're still going to work, but you're depressed. If you're getting 50 plus, I guess I can't can't even think. I don't even know how this (laughs) works. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Especially if the resources are there. I think we need to be considerate. The partners need to be considerate. I'm not trying to call them out, but they are the ones who are actually in control of the finances Mm -hmm. and everything. So if the money is there, maybe we can come with an agreement. We've come with a $5,000 case. Mm-hmm. I've done the majority of the work. That's obvious. You're just going to get there and, you know, review and then comment, tell mm-hmm. me to go and fix this. But I've done the work. The 5000 you tell me, okay, if you do this thing nicely, I'm going to give you 2% mm-hmm. of that. Even if it's equivalent to, I don't know math, but even if it's like $20 mm-hmm. and you're adding that to my $50 that I'm getting. It's something, and I'm going to be motivated to work harder, to research, mm. and I'll put my all into it. So I think, yeah, they need to be considered. Uh, right? So then it leads me to my next question. What? Give us one word to describe your life as a lawyer. Mm. I mean, with the 30 minutes that you're into it already. <laughs> <laughs> one word to describe. Uh, I'm trying not to be negative, you know, so I'm trying to think of a positive word. Okay. I think I'll say growth. I can use okay. that word because every day is a learning curve. Okay. You know, we've been learning so much in the past. I've been working since when, October until now. Okay. And I've learned so much from them. So there's been quite a decent amount mm-hmm. <laughs> of growth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I'm going to use that word. Okay. Well, to strike a balance, I'll say disappointing. Positive. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll give the negative. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of disappointments. Mm-hmm. Um, from an essence where there are, you might be fortunate enough to get growth, which is which is really nice. Okay. Without the money, of course, but you might be very unfortunate enough to get the job and not the experience, but to do the donkey work and okay. not the money as well. Um, which is what's there for some people. Um, so yeah, my word is disappointing. <laughs> Wow, guys. Well, I, I, I don't feel like I have one word. Do I? I don't. But I think one of the other concerns that was there when I did my survey, um, some interns were saying we need like open communication with our superiors so we can talk more freely on our ideas and opinions. You know? Because mm-hmm. sometimes they, they seem like they're untouchable. I don't know. I don't know if it happens in any other profession, but yeah, maybe... Even associates or junior partners or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. I think let's also learn to train the interns. You know, if you didn't get an opportunity to be trained, you hustled on your own. That's fine, but maybe if you got someone who gave you that opportunity, you could have been somewhere. So it's also good to just you know understand. Okay, because I feel like you law graduates, you are way ahead. You already have thousand thousand of ideas where you feel like you can sort of add on to the profession. But if you're not given the platform or if you're not given the um, opportunity. the opportunity, you know, it could be difficult. You just shutter in your box there with the $50 and your ideas, you know, <laughs> instead of expanding, you know, because there's so many ways that we can expand this profession. So, yeah, I think to all the superiors who are listening to this podcast, the interns want your ears. Listen to them. They're crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I have a comment on that mm-hmm. because recently um, we were doing a review where I work, because okay. we are allocated performance managers who are supposed to guide you during the process. Okay. So if you need help, you're supposed to go to them. So when we're discussing with her, because my probation was done, okay. and we were discussing how the past three months were, is there anything that I want to to develop? Is there any help that I need? One so of more the like other an guys, appraisal. Yes. All right, okay. One of the other guys that I'm with, he talked about how he didn't get a chance to learn from the manager. You know, like there was no chance for him to to get knowledge and he felt like he struggled a bit because he wasn't aware or didn't know how to maneuver through and then she was like you are the one who's supposed to come to me you know because okay. i am busy definitely if you don't come i'm going to think you're okay oh, so okay. i think there's there's a bit of a i don't know what to call it but i think we are lagging behind as interns as well because we'll just be sitting in the office there thinking the partner is going to come and be like they're busy hey, are you okay do you understand this? <laughs> but you also have to go. <laughs> you have to go the extra mile, you okay. know, to look at their calendar. If, if they've got calendars, you look. Okay, what time are they free? Mm-hmm. Then you go to them. Like, can I meet you from ten to ten thirty? I need to discuss something with you. Okay. They'll be more than willing to talk about the issue that you have. And I actually took that seriously because I'm like, ah, did I ever schedule a meeting with the manager to no. discuss something? But I was struggling the whole three months. Okay. You know, but I didn't take that extra mile. Mm. So I think we also need to go the extra mile to put in the effort. That's true because I think these they are busy people. They're very busy, you know, and they're trying to look for money. And here you are with your mental health issues, <laughs> and your, you know, you're just thinking, ah, can't they see me? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it's very important. You should then like, yeah, it makes sense, eh? I never really thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be having a problem, or you could be wanting to discuss something, mm-hmm. you know, with them. Make time, talk to them, unless if the door is shut yeah. and. It's no open-door policy. But I think people are more friendly now. But it's just that they're too busy enough to even think about you and your problems. No. So, yeah, we should we should take time, 
get to know each other and get to understand. And I think it's also important if you also go the extra mile of knowing that your manager personally. Mm -hmm. You know, you just don't go and say, can I talk to you? Hey, so work and whatever. Oh, so how's your daughter? You know, mm -hmm. start with that conversation. If you start with something like that, then someone is more attentive. Oh, okay, so what do you actually want to say? Then they'll be able to share some of the experiences and share their life with you. So maybe in closing, I think, um, yeah, what do you think about the future of law? What do you think should be done in the legal profession in terms of what's happening right now? I mean, there's a whole lot of technology around us. There's a whole lot of innovation around us. Um, yeah, in the spaces that you've interacted with or in, what do you really think should be done within the legal profession? Mm, I think people should desist from thinking that the only way a lawyer can be successful is by going to court. All right, I've okay. heard so many people, ah, you need experience in the court, you need to do litigation. My dad always says that. <laughs> but anyway, okay, yes. Yes, we understand. That's what gave them money in their centuries mm. back then. But now it's a different time. Like you're saying, there's tech law, there's intellectual property, mm. and stuff. So I think people need to desist from that and also encourage people that you can still excel in whatever field that you want to be just do your research i think okay. and see how people are doing in that field and then you can still you know be recognizable and not be someone an advocate if i should say yeah whilst you're still on that point i agree because back then if i look at my dad when he started practice right i think it was just him and my mom staying in a little corner thing and then maybe my several months down the line they were now in a full cottage several months down the line he was now in a he now had a car and then you know his career progressed easily you know uh also because it was that time so just going to court having your clients spending the whole day in court and whatever arguing and all that could pay and they still had walk-in clients you know but now there's no walk in clients people just don't randomly walk in the law firm and say oh, okay can you help me with this uh there's more referrals and um i think there's more exposure we are now exposed to how many or, or a lot of things that we can do with our legal profession so for the young lawyers out there i always say this like guys it's not always just about going to court i'm not being biased go to court yes if you get the opportunity to get exposed you know to to in that environment whether it's intimidating whether it's relaxing for you or whether it's thrilling get that opportunity do it but then don't then get depressed if you don't get the opportunity look for other avenues you know because you're already a lawyer it means you can you are needed in each and every industry so if you enjoy music for example there's a whole shortage of music specific lawyers you know get to understand what the entertainers or the celebrities need to know brand yourself as someone who knows it mm -hmm. teach them give them free education free seminars about music law and everything that has to do with that and then you can then start getting the clients it will take more time it just needs you to be pa um, patient but you will eventually then be someone so yeah i think that's what i can say on your point anonymous one uh well there are several things you raised in terms of you say technology yes yeah there's an advanced technology such as the the very what's this ai technology right artificial intelligence mm -hmm. it's been there it's um it's been trending it's been making music from popular artists right creating images of popular figures it's quite misleading mm -hmm. so i think this is 
our time as lawyers since we protect the people we serve the people mm -hmm. so i think the future is going to be very bright but we have to be innovative right we have to be progressive mm -hmm. as, as a profession innovation comes from ways to tackle these things we have to protect the authenticity of certain things such as artists getting their music um pirated pirated mm -hmm. by ai and things like that but also professionalism is key mm -hmm. the, the the way we are treating each other as lawyers or legal practitioners is key mm -hmm. if we actually have a working relationship with each other uh, be it partner to partner partner to intern whoever mm -hmm. there are more innovative ways we can tackle what's to come and i feel as if this is a very untouchable field whether it's ai or whatever they want to come up with mm -hmm. uh, a lawyer chatbot they can't mm -hmm. do that simply because everything is governed by law mm -hmm. and law is actually made by men and maybe supernatural powers from mm -hmm. another perspective which is fine but in anything was in america there was a a chatbot which went into court i forgot the state mm -hmm. um and the, the lawyers they went to sue that boat Mm -hmm. because the robot did not have a practicing license mm -hmm. you see now that's mm -hmm. innovation you see and everything is governed by law you can you can't go anywhere mm -hmm. where there is no law if there's no law then we'll make it mm -hmm. that's our duty to protect the citizen so i feel as if we have a very bright future mm -hmm. and we're going to maybe be the last standing people doing professional jobs right so we really have to mm -hmm. be innovative and safeguarded mm -hmm. I agree totally. Um, I mean, when it comes to tech, we will have another hour sitting here sharing <laughs> because uh, you know me. But uh, I agree. Let's be innovative, guys. Let's think outside of the box. Um, it's not just about one certain thing. I know the legal profession is quite traditional and rigid. We are not as flexible as we would have wanted to be, but we'll get there. So it takes law graduates like you and the ones behind you, um, the ones to follow, to understand that, guys, let's not... Just because that's when I then started thinking about tech because I was like, I can't be doing the same thing that my dad was doing 30 years ago. I definitely have to be a different lawyer. I can't be chasing the same clients or chasing the same path that he did. I have to do something that's different. So, which is what I need to do. But anyway, um, I think we've come to the end of our podcast episode. To our listeners, catch you on the next episode. Sure. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you.